now I'm not buying nearly as much. So it's very easy for me to get like that. Oh, I need to buy something, but you have to be smart about it. If the numbers don't work, don't buy the thing. It is a common saying among real estate investors that you make money when you buy, not when you sell. While this catchy phrase has value, it fails to convey how easy it is to lose money through poor property management and simply lacking a good business plan. Whether you self-manage or hire a professional, it is important to understand how to overcome the common pitfalls and challenges with rental properties. That's why you have tuned in to Maximizing Your Property Value, the apartment owner's guide to operating their rental properties as a successful investment business. I'm your host, John Stiles, real estate agent at Bridge Realty. As a current multifamily investor and former property manager myself, I understand the headaches you're going through. It's all too easy to lose your money and your mind in this business, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can find success. It takes a solid business plan. It takes tested systems. It takes key team members. And that is what this show is all about. So let's take a deep dive and maximize your property value. Welcome to back to my channel, Real Estate Styles. I'm your host, John Styles, real estate agent with Bridge Realty, and I'm joined today by Todd Dexheimer. Todd, thanks for coming in today. Yeah, John, appreciate you having me. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Well, Todd, we're going to continue on with my series on maximizing your property value. Uh, this series uh, we've designed specifically for property uh, apartment owners, although obviously, you know, you can apply these uh, strategies to any type of real estate. But uh, so we're on our third episode here, and the topic I wanted to cover today is don't overpay. So um, it can be kind of maybe uh, funny thinking about not overpaying when we, we've already talked about already owning the property and what are we going to do to manage it? What are we going to do to sell it? You know, why are we talking about buying the property? <laughs> but I think it's still relevant to cover and. Um, just because, you know, once you do sell a property, you may be thinking about uh, purchasing another one, or maybe you're you're thinking about purchasing another one to add to your portfolio. So that's why I wanted to bring this topic up here today. So, but before we get into that, uh, let's just give you a moment to uh, introduce a little bit of background about yourself, um, in case people didn't watch the previous episodes. Um, so, Todd, tell us uh, who you are and what you do in real estate. Uh, yeah, so I've been doing real estate since 2008, started flipping uh, and buying just one to four family rentals. I did a lot, I've done a, a lot of flips, well over a hundred and uh, bought a lot of single family rental properties, uh, you know, close to at one time, I think I had almost, I think I had just over 75 units. Um, and now I'm into multifamily. I'm doing multifamily syndication, um, buying, you know, distress assets and renovating them and getting back up to market and then, uh, you know, continue to do that. So uh, just building that, uh, multifamily portfolio right now. Um, so that's, uh, that's what I got going on. Okay, great. And for those listeners and viewers out there, uh, if you haven't, be sure to check out Todd's podcast, which is Pillars of Wealth Creation. Um, I've made a few appearances on there myself. You've made uh, a lot of appearances on there yourself. <laughs> yep. Once a week, Wednesdays, yep. Hump Day Hustle. So check it out on YouTube or iTunes. But 
Yeah, appreciate the plug. Yeah. So, but anyways, back to the today's topic, don't overpay. And I think this was really relevant in today's market where everybody kind of realizes that we're somewhere at or past or near the top of the market. We're closer to the top than the bottom. Let's just say that. I, I can almost promise everybody that. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. <laughs> well, that's, I, I'd agree with you. So yeah. it's really important to not overpay when you're close to the top. So, so the first thing I'd like to cover with this um, is it's important to know your market. So, um, Todd, you've experienced a few different real estate markets, uh, geographically speaking. So what can you tell us about, you know, the differences about different real estate markets? Yeah, there, there's a lot of differences. I, so I, I've done research in a lot of markets. I've traveled to a lot of markets and I currently invest in four different markets. Um, and they're all drastically different. Um, and they've got different pluses, different minuses to them. And so you've got to understand what, where you're investing and even as close to the sub market, you know, people, people think, well, let's invest in Minneapolis because Minneapolis has strong employment, all this kind of stuff. But if you're investing in even, let's even talk about, okay, now let's invest in South Minneapolis. Okay. Now South Minneapolis is great, right? Maybe depends on where you're talking about in South Minneapolis. If you just, if you just chunk South Minneapolis, everything basically South of, of 94, um, there's some parts that are really, really nice. There's some parts that are awesome. Can you buy, can you find a good deal? Probably not. But if we just, it's dangerous to do that because now we've got little parts of Phillips neighborhood that might not be so good. We've got little parts of a powder horn that might not be so good. So we've got different neighborhoods within even a sub. So you want to get to down to the, like the sub sub neighborhood and figure out exactly where you are. It's funny when I see comps from like brokers and they send me a comp and there's a freeway in between the two comps. Those are not the same neighborhoods. I guarantee you they're never the same neighborhoods on the different sides of the freeway. It's always different. So you have to think about where you're at into the sub neighborhood and everything. So every market's so much different. And just because you're from that market doesn't mean you know that market. I think that's a big mistake people make is they think, oh, I'm from here. I've been here forever. You know, I've been here for 40 years or 50 years or whatever. I know everything about it. I can tell you this. If I ask my parents about certain neighborhoods in the Twin Cities, they have no clue. They're 70 years old or actually older than 70. They have no clue about certain areas of the Twin Cities. And so you've got to study the markets. You've got to get your feet on the ground and, and understand what you're doing. Yeah, that's really important. You know, I was comping out a property just recently in the Lindale neighborhood of South Minneapolis, which to some people who don't live close by, they might think that's, you know, that's uptown, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yes, it's, it's close to uptown, but technically it's Lindale. Right. So, uh, Big you're right. Difference. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's still a, a desirable area, but it's just not as desirable as some other areas. So yeah. Yeah. Your difference in rent can be drastic. Your difference in just overall pricing is going to be drastic. And, and that's only, 
Well, it depends on exactly what the, where that property was, but that, that could be only four to five blocks mm-hmm. away and you're drastically can change the value of the property. Yeah. So, so that's really the, the first thing. And we can definitely go deeper into this topic about how do you know your market? What resources should you look at? And, and on and on. We'll probably do that in a later episode. But, but the point uh, today is just know the market that you're investing in. And don't, don't rely on your experience in a different market. So, for example, if you're coming from an, a market where, you know, if you can get a building for $200,000 per door, then that's a great deal. Well, that doesn't necessarily apply to the market that you're investing in. Maybe $100,000 a door is appropriate or maybe $50,000 a door is appropriate. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you kind of have to put your, your own experiences in other markets aside and, and really study the market that you're investing in. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just look as simple as the Twin Cities, right? If I were to tell somebody from California that in Twin Cities, you can get a property for $100,000 a door, they go, that's great. But if I were to tell somebody in, uh, in Cincinnati that they can get a property for $100,000 a door, they would think that's an A-plus class property. It has to be a, you know, a fantastic property to get that. Where in the Twin Cities, that's a, that's a B-minus, C-plus type property. Uh, that's just how it is. So it's really expensive when you compare it to you know, something like that or Cleveland, Ohio or Memphis, Tennessee or something like that. Like $100,000 is your A-class like luxury property um, where in the Twin Cities is just your you know, mid to low property where in California, that's a D minus. You know? So you've got to know your market and just don't look at price per door. That, that means nothing as you go into different markets. Right. Okay, so the next topic I would like to point out is, is that you should know your goals before you buy a property. So a lot of people, the goal is cash flow. And that might be immediate cash flow, or that might be cash flow eventually after you do a value add component. Uh, for other people, they really are banking on appreciation, which again, if you're banking on appreciation in this point in the cycle, you might want to rethink that. Yeah. Uh, depending on how, how long you're going to hold it. You know, if you're going to hold it for a hundred years, maybe you're good. <laughs> um, other people, they're looking at uh, internal rate of return. They're looking at cap, cap rates. There, there's different goals um, when it comes to, comes to buying a property. But so you, you have any comments about, different goals for, for not, and keeping that in mind when not overpaying. Well, I think you kind of nailed it there. And diff, different market cycles, you can have different goals, right? So we're in, again, a, we're, we're closer to the top than we are to the bottom. Cash flow is always going to help you get out of trouble. So to me, cash flow is king in any market. Because look, I mean, if you bought in 2009, you probably got a really good deal, right? But in 2009, things were still pretty rough. In 2010, 2011, even 2012, it was hard still to come by renters, good renters. I mean, things were tough. People were doubling up still. People just weren't willing to pay high rents. 
And so if you bought that property thinking of only appreciation because you know, oh my gosh, I bought it for so cheap. This sold for $100,000 a door back in 2005 and now I got it for 45 a door. I can't lose. Well, that's right. You can't lose unless you didn't have enough cash flow coming in to get you through 2011, 12, and now finally into 2014, 15 is where things really started to pick up. Uh, before you really realized that gain. So you've, cash flow is huge. I think in any part of the cycle, you have to have solid cash flow. If you don't, you're speculating and there's a good chance you're going to get burned uh, eventually. You know, yeah. you might not get burnt every time, but you're going to get burnt eventually. Well, and if your goal is appreciation and, and you're not so worried about cash flow, then you better have another source of cash to be able to infuse on that property. Uh, and if that's your business plan from the start, you know, maybe you can ride through some of those uh, negative cash flow time periods, but uh, hopefully that's not the business plan for the entirety of your ownership. Yeah, and one thing I'll say about that, John, is that the lenders also have something to say about it. Mm -hmm. So you've gotta be careful with thinking that I'm going to bank on appreciation. I've got plenty of income coming in. Even if I don't get the cash flow, everything will be fine. Yeah, but if the lender thinks otherwise, they have clauses in their mortgage that may allow them to take that property from you, whether you like it or not. So right. you've got to look at your mortgage clauses. You've got to look at that situation and make sure that there's nothing in there that the lender is going to require that's going to get you into trouble. Yeah, so definitely when you're thinking about making a purchase, know, think through these goals and how that's going to influence your business strategy and your purchase price. And just be really careful. If, if you're outbidding everybody else, be really careful uh, that that's going to work out for you or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great to outbid people when the market's low. Right, right. right. I think anybody can look back from 2008 through 2012, 13 and say, man, I wish I would have bought every single property there was. <laughs> no, hindsight's great, right? But, um, you know, it, it's not always like that, so. Right. Hey, I want to interrupt the show quick to tell you about an exciting opportunity to take your real estate investing career to the next level. I'm talking about the North Star Real Estate Conference that's coming up September 20th and 21st of 2019 in the Twin Cities. At this conference, we'll have both local and national speakers covering topics such as syndicating apartment deals, crowdfunding, getting started in commercial real estate, business mindset, and so much more. Aside from the amazing speakers, what makes this conference great is that the proceeds from the event are dedicated to charity. Now, for a limited time, if you enter my last name as a promo code at checkout, you can get $100 off your ticket for the weekend. Again, type in S-T-I-L-E-S for $100 off your ticket. Just follow the link in the show notes, and I hope to see you there. Now, let's get back to the show. The third and final point I'd like to make in this video is know your potential, and that's maybe for you yourself, but also mostly for the building and the business plan for that building. Yeah, good point. So, you know, keep in mind, the price might be a certain point 
with its current income and expenses. But, but what could the value be if you improved that cash flow and if you improved the income and lowered the expenses? So, so what can be done? So you've done a lot of value add uh, plays in your investing, I know. Uh, can you give us one or two examples of, of ways that you can increase the potential of a property? Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many uh, different ways. I mean, obviously, the, the most common and easiest way is just to raise the rents by doing some improvements on the property and cleaning it up. I mean, that, that's the most obvious answer. But then there's a lot of more creative kind of things that you can do is, uh, you know, maybe you got high utility bills. Well, what can we do? There, there's meters that it, it kind of depends on how your property set up. But if a lot of the properties will have individual water heaters coming into the units. If that's the case, you could put a meter on each of those. It costs you know a few hundred bucks, three to five hundred bucks, to put those on, but it'll send you a computer reading every day, and so you get you'll see that oh this property has a leak. I was just touring, actually I just bought a property and we walked into one of the units and the toilet it sounded like somebody was snoring while the toilet was running. And this, this, I was not buying it the next day. So I went in and shut the water off because I'm going, this is my water bill tomorrow. Then we walked into two other units, three other units, three other units of the units we walked into, I had water running. You know, one of them had a, a really steady stream of, of water coming in because of a leak. The other one, the faucets were actually on. Um, it's just crazy. I bet this owner was spending at least minimum, minimum of 500 bucks, but I would guess closer to a thousand bucks on extra water just on those few units. I can't imagine the other units, um, which is something, you know, now we're looking into is where can we save on that water bill? So that's really huge. Uh, and, and same thing with utilities, you know, what kind of utilities can you save on? Can you add like a rubs, which is a utility ratio, um, you know, billing. Um, can we do that? Um, that's, that means basically the tenants pay for the utilities. You get the bill, it comes to you. Then you figure out what their ratio is and there's formulas for it. And then you charge back the tenants. And in that case, then they're going to start to get conscious, conscious about what are they actually doing? Cause they're going to bill for it. So now they'll start to use less utilities. Um, obviously there's a cap on it cause they're going to still live, but that'll help lower the overall bill for that property. So utilities can be huge. Can we add LEDs in the common areas? Uh, can we have timers? Can we, can we shut common lights off at certain times of the day and certain times of the night even can we shut things off? Yeah. Uh, things like that are huge, huge, huge for the property. Yep. So uh, like point number one, we could go in depth on a lot of different ways yeah. to add value. So, but again, the point of today's discussion is know what potential is there at the property. And uh, if, you, if you need somebody to guide you through that, you know, that's where you bring in a qualified real estate agent like, like myself. And you, you, know, you know, ask questions and, and that agent can can look at different things and kind of analyze the numbers, analyze the expenses, analyze the income and see, are, are these uh, expenses and income what they should be? Is the condition what it should be? What, what are options that can, can be put into place in order to increase the potential and maximize 
the value of that property. Yeah. And John, I mean, everybody wants to find that like sweet off market deal, no brokers involved and all that kind of stuff. But a, a someone like you that can come in and can help them along the way is extremely valuable. So if they do find even that sweet off market deal, I still would suggest bringing somebody in, someone like you and paying them uh, you know, whether it's a reduced rate or not, but paying at least a consulting type fee to get those ideas because it's, you want people like you on your team. It's real estate investing is, is a team sport and not having, um, not having an agent, I think is a big mistake mm -hmm. uh, because you're going to have relationships that they don't have. You're going to have ideas that they don't have. Uh, you're going to have knowledge you know, that they don't have. So all that will play into it. Whether they're smarter than you or not, you're still going to have different ideas, different, you know, relationships, all that kind of stuff where you can help them out big time. Yeah. Well, and, and as a real estate investor, you're typically not going through as many transactions as a real estate agent, because it's my job to help people through transactions. And so I see many more transactions than the individual who's just buying one every year or maybe every couple of years. Um, so definitely, you know, keep myself in mind as you're thinking about uh, investing in real estate, whether you're buying or selling. And I really appreciate you uh, watching this episode. I appreciate Todd joining in. We're going to kind of wrap things up here today. We can go into more detail on another future episode. But Todd, any final thoughts about, about not paying too much when you're buying a property? Well, I think the most important thing is don't get emotionally attached, right? Don't, don't think you have to buy a property. I think everybody thinks they have to buy a property. They heard it somewhere. They read it somewhere. They used to buy a lot of properties, whatever it is. Like for me, I used to buy a ton of properties every year. I was buying 30 plus buildings a year and now I'm not buying nearly as much. So it's very easy for me to get like that. Oh, I need to buy something, but you have to be smart about it. If the numbers don't work, don't buy the thing. Don't stretch your numbers. Don't change your formulas just because the market's changed. Just don't buy then. I and mean, it can be frustrating, but now's a great time to learn, to grow, to continue to research and do all those kinds of things. And when that deal comes about that works for you, then buy it. But until it does, don't overpay. Yep. All right. Well, thanks again, Todd. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time on the next video. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and the notification button so that you can know when the next video comes out. Thanks so much. Catch you next time. The opinions shared on this show are for informational purposes only and should not be taken as a solicitation for representation or investment in any specific offering. Please consult with your financial, legal, tax, and real estate advisor before making any investment decisions. John Stiles is a licensed Minnesota real estate agent with Bridge Realty. Thanks for tuning in to Maximizing Your Property Value, the apartment owner's guide to operating rental properties as a successful business. If you're considering scaling up, downsizing, or right-sizing your real estate investment portfolio, it's important to know how to determine your property's value in today's market. That's why I've put together a free ebook for you called How to Calculate Your Investment Property's Value. To get your copy, go to www.realestatestyles.com forward slash value. Now, if you found any value in today's show, be sure to subscribe to our email newsletter, YouTube channel, and podcast through your favorite podcast player. 
All the links are in the show notes. And would you do me a big favor? Help me get the word out about this show by sharing with your friends on Facebook and LinkedIn. And lastly, we appreciate your five-star rating on iTunes. I really appreciate you and wish you the best in your real estate investing career. Signing off, I'm John Stiles with Bridge Realty. Make it a great day.